Welcome to the St. Andrew's Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. You can connect with us online at www.gosaintandrew.com. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. I do want to welcome you here to St. Andrew. It is just a delight to be here in this space once again after missing out on Christmas in 2000. We are so delighted to have you here, whoever you are, whether you are friends and longtime members of St. Andrew, whether you are jet-lagged out-of-towners or kids home from college or kids all amped up on candy canes and ready for tomorrow, whether you have been uh, baking, you know, fruitcakes all day or shopping for that special fruitcake in your life, um, (laughs) we're still glad you're here. We welcome people from all walks of life here. And uh, even if you're a cotton-headed ninny-muggin, you are welcome in this space. It is good to be here. Um, Years ago in a quiet suburban neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, a little baby Jesus was reported missing from a front yard nativity just days before Christmas. It uh, it wasn't now the real uh, eight-pound, five-ounce baby Jesus It was an 18-inch long infant uh, figurine Jesus that was in the front lawn of a a manger scene in Buffalo, the home of John and Joan Lessing. I don't know what you call this, a a crush crime, a a manger jacking, but it does happen. Over 100 baby Jesuses every Christmas season come up missing and are never returned again. But this baby Jesus in Buffalo, New York, was returned uh, only eight months later. It showed up one August morning on the uh, front porch of the Lessings with a, uh, with a photo album and a, a note attached to it. And the photo album had all these different poses of the baby Jesus all over New York City, uh, riding a bike, riding a horse, uh, in a car with a seatbelt on, sitting in a in a chair around a campfire with an adult beverage. Um, And the note was written by these young adults who described how they wanted to show the baby Jesus, you know, a better life than he would have seen in the attic all year. And so so they ripped off this plastic figurine. They took him to parties. They took him to, to college tours. They took him to camping and multiple adventures. And the note said, uh, Jesus has been with us through thick and thin, happy and sad, good times and bad, and we hope the chronicles of his life can pass some of that happiness on to you. It was signed, The Creators of the Baby Jesus Chronicles. A true story. It was on NPR. I, uh, I don't want to give you any ideas about going off and ripping off somebody's uh, baby Jesus tonight on your way home, but there's something wonderfully evocative about this image of a of a Jesus being strung, sprung from his manger and let loose out into the ordinary world. 
few years ago, uh, the New York Times also reported a story, this one about a custodian who, a custodian of a Catholic church who walked in one day in the sanctuary to arrange the figurines uh, at the manger scene in the church, and uh, he heard the cries of a baby. In the manger, he found this living, breathing infant, no more than just a few hours old, lying in the hay and wrapped in a towel. A surveillance video showed later a mother walking in with the baby, but walking out without it. The priest was interviewed, and he said this, I can't think of a better place to leave a baby than a church. Rather than condemning this mother, he said, I think it's beautiful. A church is a home for those in need, and she felt this church was a home for her child. What do these two seemingly unrelated stories have in common? And perhaps it's that the God shows up in ordinary places at the most unexpected times in our lives in the world, riding a bike through Buffalo, New York, or lying in a manger in Queens. God shows up in the ordinary places of our world. There's this strange word that we use every Christmas. You don't hear it roughly at any other time of the year except when you show up in this space and we just sang a song, a hymn that had this word that uh, it's almost a lost and forgotten word. The word is glory. When was the last time you used the word glory? Well, maybe when you're singing a Bon Jovi song, I don't know, uh, or speaking of the flag, the old glory, but the word glory, it's, it's an odd word. It only shows up in, in Christmas in the story. Um, here it says in Scripture, the glory of the Lord shone around them, the shepherds. These shepherds watching their flocks by night. We hear that word again in the passage I just read moments ago. The word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Glory. The Hebrew word is kavod. It means weight or fullness. It refers to these moments in our lives and in the world in, in which God's fullness or presence brushes up against us, shows up. Have you ever had one of those experiences? Just little flashes of God or the ineffable, a mystery, a sense of the divine. Some call them God moments when you feel suddenly and unexpectedly close to God. Maybe it was the moment you witnessed the birth of a child and you became a parent and it took your breath away and you felt, wow, God, glory. Maybe you're fly fishing and you're knee deep in the stream and suddenly beauty and silence and stillness of that place just smacked you and paralyzed you and you felt wonder. Maybe you're sitting in a church like this. Maybe you're standing on top of a 14er. Maybe you're shredding snow on a double black diamond and, uh, and brack. I don't know. Glory, these moments when we we experience God's presence. The Celtics had a, a name for this. They called it thin places. And for the Celtics, they had this fascination with these intersections of, of mostly like water and land, wherever rivers or the ocean touched earth. And, and they said these were moments of transition. Not just physical spaces, but spiritual spaces. Pay attention to them and, and you feel your being moved, changed. Thin places, God moments. The scripture calls it glory, kavod in the Hebrew. That's what we're doing tonight. Remembering that at a particular time in history, maybe 2,000 years ago or so, God showed up. On a night like tonight, 
in a particular place called Bethlehem, in a particular form of a person named Jesus, God's love broke through the veil, the boundary. That veil of heaven became porous and God's spirit slipped through, the spirit of love, and it touched the earth. It happened. Glory happened. Kavod. It happened. And the first to witness it are these harebrained shepherds, minding their own ordinary business on an ordinary night when suddenly angels show up and the message is glory to God in the highest and peace among those whom God favors. Look, if you've ever, ever had trouble believing the Christmas story, if you've ever thought, you know, this is all too fantasy landy and it's a little too magical, a little too unreal, unworldly, pay attention to this one detail. It came not on the world's stages where important people are doing important things. It didn't come in a church like this when holy people and priests and pastors are praying. It didn't it didn't come in, in magical places. It came in ordinary places, like a field, like this nondescript, dusty field where ordinary people gathered. Where glory happens first is in the ordinary. Uh, if it happened once, it can happen again. On any ordinary day of your life, doing any ordinary thing that you're doing, glory can happen Maybe the truth of it is that glory happens all the time. We just don't see it. It happens in the utter ordinariness of our lives. If only we have the eyes to see it. Like that 18-inch uh, baby Jesus riding a bike or the three-hour-old baby lying in a queen's church. God shows up, calls to us. The glory, the weight of God, it's all around us. The only question is, are we paying attention have you ever failed to see something that's right in front of your eyes? You don't have to raise your hand. Um, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, where's my keys right now, right? And years ago, I have a friend of mine, he's also a pastor. He, uh, he was riding in my truck with me. We were going to a meeting. We, we uh, went to the meeting. For some reason, he put his wallet underneath my seat, passenger seat. And then later on, I took him home. I dropped him off. We said goodbye. And hours later, he called me and said, you know, I, I think I left my wallet underneath your seat. Can you check? I went out. I looked. It wasn't there. I called him back. It's not there. He said, I know it's there. Go look again. I was getting a little annoyed at the time. Like, look, he doesn't believe me. I went back out. I looked. I said, I swear, Bill, it's not underneath my seat. And months later, I picked him up. And before he got in the car, he put his hand underneath the seat and, and he pulled out the wallet. <laughs> and he glared at me and he said, Mark, what do you call this? And I said, Bill, we're both pastors. In our line of work, we call this a miracle. <laughs> I, uh, I heard in psychology there's a word for that. It's called scotoma. Scotoma. It's this gap in the mind's perception and cognition. If you don't expect to see a thing, in other words, you're not going to see it. You know, they say, well, seeing, seeing is believing, but... The truth is, believing enables seeing. I mean, look at the ordinary stuff of your life. Your fields, your work, the daily humdrum duties of your everyday life. That's where God is. Do you see it? And the shepherds did. 
and because they believed. They were transformed by it. The glory of the Lord touches us in ordinary places, not in magical places. And some see it and believe and they're transformed. And I want to be like one of those shepherds. One of the saddest parts of the Christmas story, the only sad part, is the part where it says, they laid him in a manger because there is no room for him in the inn. In other words, the innkeepers missed it. Glory was standing right in front of them, and they missed it. I want to be more like the shepherds who see it and because of it can practice kindness and generosity and grace, extend peace in this world. That's the call of Christmas on our lives, to pay attention, to open our eyes, to reach out and touch glory, and in doing so to be transformed by it, and then to give it away tirelessly, endlessly, everywhere. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. And if you'd like more information, go to www.gosaintandrew.com. See you next week.